Amen. Well, I'm going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'll read part of that chapter, or maybe all the chapter. And the title of the sermon is this, A New Creation. It's a very simple sermon, very simple title, A New Creation. So let me read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and then we'll focus in on verse 17 this evening. We all ready. It says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee." So we're always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Verse 11, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart for we are beside ourselves it is for god if we are in our right mind it is for you for the love of christ controls us because we have concluded this that what one has died for all therefore all have died And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, 
be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Well, what a series of a wonderful uh, number of Bible verses there. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, but we're going to focus in on verse 17 tonight. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Let's see if you can memorize that one tonight, Japheth. Are you ready? Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's one thing. But the second half of the verse says this, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And maybe not just Japheth, but all of us, we can see if we can memorize that verse tonight from verse 17, which is the text from which this sermon is taken. Now, We've sung a hymn tonight, and that hymn writer wrote these words, Great is the gospel of our glorious God. Great is the gospel of our glorious God. What, what delightful words. And we can ask ourselves a question, how do you feel when you hear uh, the words of the gospel of our glorious God? Well, for the elect... The words of the gospel are like music to our ears. Our heart leaps for joy. Is that what happens to you when you hear the words of the gospel? If so, it, it, then it's a sure mark that you are in Christ. A, a non-Christian would never rejoice in the good news of the gospel. And the good news also being exclusively claimed through Jesus Christ who alone is the way. So are you in Christ tonight? That's the first question. And if not, there'll be a gospel invitation through this sermon for you to come to Christ tonight. Because the message that we're to preach is good news. This is not bad news, it's good news. It's bad news if you reject the good news. But uh, the gospel is a message that's not from man. It came down from heaven. And this message has been sealed with the blood of Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he sealed this message with his own blood. The devil can't take anything away from the gospel. No man can add to the gospel. The gospel is a finished work. The man of sorrows who suffered guilt and shame in our place. In the Westminster Confession of Faith, in chapter 10, we have this little phrase. It says this, The effectual call is God's free and special grace alone. Let me read that one more time. In the Westminster Confession, chapter 10 and verse 2, The effectual call. That's where God calls a man or a woman to himself. It's God's free and special grace uh, alone. And then it goes on and says, he is, that's the sinner, is thereby enabled to answer that call and to embrace the gospel offered and conveyed in it. What does that say to us? It says salvation is by God's free grace alone. That Nobody can boast 
if they are a Christian and say, I'm a Christian because I'm not like other people. Well, that's not true. We're, we're all sinners, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's only one kind of person in heaven, and that is sinners who've been saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we've got three simple headings for us tonight, really simple. Heading number one, the old has passed away. Secondly, heading number two, the new has come. And heading number three is called a new creation. So let's take a look at the first heading, the old has passed away. Now, when we're in church, the highest point of our worship is not so much the singing. We thank God for singing. We're thankful for praying. We're thankful that starting from August we'll be uh, recovering normality for us and having the Lord's Supper twice every month. We praise God for the Lord's Supper. But the high point of worship is the preaching of the Word of God. And let's just think about this for a moment. The first heading, the old has passed away. When was the last time you thought about that the old has passed away? When was the last time you thought, what does that mean? What does the old refer to? Well, we know in the Bible it says the very opening verse. Remember what it says? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I love that phrase. In the beginning, God. That preaching, first and foremost, is about God. It's not about man. It'll come to the message in the gospel about man but it's to begin with God it's to fix our mind and our thoughts and our attention on God himself and then in Genesis chapter 1 uh, we get the outlaying of God creating everything in six days and on the seventh day he rests in Genesis chapter 2 it's a chapter about marriage and how uh, the first man Adam and his wife are brought together and everything's wonderful but then in Genesis chapter 3, we find about the fall of man and sin comes into the world. And God only gave one command to Adam, of all these trees you may eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you may not eat. For the day you eat of it, you shall die. When was the last time you were in a funeral? Just think about that, dear friends. When was the last time you were in a funeral? Every funeral is a testimony to the truth of Holy Scripture. That death came into this world, and yet the world never seems to learn its lesson. It's always surprised when people die. But the Bible is the only book that really gives us answers to these deep questions. That death is the fruit of the fall. So what's passed away it says the old has passed away well sin came into the world what, what does sin mean have you thought about what sin means how would you define sin sin is to miss the mark it's to miss the mark and, and so every one of us will miss the mark because we are sinners for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God it's impossible for us to please God by our good works. Iniquity, uh, that came in, the old has passed away. It says here, iniquity, that's that inner seed of rebellion within all of us, which has a propensity to rebel against God. That's iniquity. Uh, transgression, 
That's the old that has also passed away in and through Christ. And the way of saying transgression is law-breaking. And we won't go through them all tonight. The Ten Commandments. The very first commandment is, you shall have no other gods besides me. Well, you may say, well, British people, they're, they're good people. They, they don't go around worshipping idols. No. But they're at the point of, of uh, potentially voting in a prime minister who's, who's a Hindu worshipper. And a practicing Hindu worships wooden statues. And we don't judge that man because other people can say they're atheists. They may be good people. They may be highly educated. But to be an atheist is also to violate the first commandment. And so we see all this sin came in. Death came in. But the old has passed away, we've read. Does that mean that if you're a Christian, you will never die? Well, the answer is yes and no. Your body will die physically if you die before Jesus comes back. But if you're in Christ, the power of death will have passed away. And we'll look at that a little bit more in a moment. There's also something about the olders passed away, the pollution of sin. Do you remember a few years ago when they passed this law? Uh, we remember because one of our family members struggles sometimes with asthma. And the government passed a law saying you could no longer smoke in pubs. Do you remember that or is that showing my age? And we remember we were so thankful because you'd go to a pub where they'd all be smoking and you, could, you would come out and all of your clothes would just stink of smoke. Do you remember that? I mean, now you have to smoke outside so you don't really know it. But, but the pollution of sin, sin affects our whole being. Are you aware that sin affects your whole being? Even if you're a Christian, sin affects all of us. Now, I'm not into gambling, but one thing I have heard about that sometimes you go to some gambling casinos and they... They roll dice, and sometimes they have what's known as loaded dice. They'll always fall towards a certain number. But every one of us as a sinner is like a loaded dice. What's that mean? It means we have a propensity towards sin. Every one of us is in some measure bent. Every one of us has a bent towards sin. Now, the first heading is the old has passed away. Jeremiah encapsulates this in chapter 13, 23. And I think you'll like this, Gripper. Jeremiah preaches, Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then also you can do good who are accustomed to do evil. Just think about that. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? I've not seen a leopard for a long time, have you? Probably at the local zoo, but I can't remember the last time I saw a leopard. A leopard cannot say, I'm fed up of my spots. I'm going to get rid of my spots. No, they can't. Uh, likewise, also, Jeremiah preaches, uh, also, you can do good. Uh, then can you also do good or are accustomed to do evil? We cannot change ourselves. Simply having the 1st of January New Year's resolutions won't work before God. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 to 10, says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? 
Then listen to what the word of God says. I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So the old has passed away is teaching us a doctrine that's known as total inability. The doctrine of total inability. If you'd like to do some extra reading, and it's good for Christians to read, are you a reader? Well, here is a book by a man called Lorraine Bertner. If you want to know the spelling of that, I can give it to you later. And he wrote a book called, an excellent book called The Reformed Doctrine of Predestination. And in the 17th century, there was a, a council and a synod of Dordrecht, and uh, the English people, uh, they have become accustomed to summarizing the main doctrines, Calvinistic doctrines, under the heading Tulip. Tulip. Um, <clears throat> quite an appropriate uh, acronym because it was in the Netherlands where they developed it. And, and if there's one thing the Netherlands is famous for, is tulips, apart from cheese. Uh, interestingly, I think, I don't know if it was the 17th century, but... They, the first tulips they found, actually, not in Holland, but actually in Turkey. And they uh, exported them to the Netherlands, and it became a symbol of very rich people if you had a tulip. So this acronym, tulip, what does it stand for? T stands for total depravity. U stands for unconditional election. L stands for limited atonement. I stands for... Irresistible grace and P stands for perseverance of the saints. So that's what TULIP stands for, but what we're dealing with here is the letter T, the doctrine of total inability. And in the Westminster Confession of Faith, in 7.3, it says God's covenant with about God's covenant with man. We read these words: man by his fall having made himself incapable of life by that covenant, the Lord has been pleased to make a second, commonly called the covenant of grace, wherein he freely offers unto sinners life and salvation by Jesus Christ, requiring of them faith in him that they may be saved, and promising to give unto all those that are ordained unto life is Holy Spirit to make them willing and able to believe. What does that teach us? In and of ourselves, we can never save ourselves. You may think, well, what's the point in you preaching the gospel tonight if we can't save ourselves? Well, it's the whole point, brother and sister, to realize that we are totally unable to save ourselves. And therefore, we come to our great king and ask him to save us. Well, our second heading is, Behold, the old is gone. And we should rejoice tonight. We should be praising God. That if you're a Christian tonight, you can say, Hallelujah, the old has gone. And then also our second heading, the new has come. That's what the word of God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Let me read it one more time so Agrippa can memorize it before he goes to work on Monday morning. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so the second heading, the new has come. 
the new has come. Well, why has a new come? Because a new thing has to come if we're going to go to heaven. Because our good works can never save us. Your good works can't save you. None of your good works will save you. Why? Because all of our good works are like filthy rags. It's only salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. Job says this, Job chapter 14 and verse 4. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? There is not one. That's why something new has to come forth, which is the work of God. Job 14.4, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? There is not one. Or Psalm 51, what does that say? Behold, David says, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So in the light of what we heard, the old has passed away in the gospel, and but now this part of the gospel is good news, which we should rejoice in, because it doesn't stop there, because we learn that the initiative has always got to be the Lord's to change our hearts supernaturally from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Have you met people sometimes, they say, oh, I wish if there were more miracles, then we'd see greater things happen. And what they mean by that, they want to see people dragged out of wheelchairs or blind eyes being opened and so forth. But every time someone is converted to Christ, a miracle happens, that a dead heart is changed. We, we have three communicant member, members classes at the moment each person represents one of these miracles. We've been praying for conversions and we have conversions in our midst. What's the answer to that? It's praise God. Somebody supernaturally who has had a heart of stone, who's been spiritually dead, has been made alive in Christ. And that's what it means for the new has come, that the old has passed away and all things are made new, as it says here in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, are you in Christ tonight? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come, which is our third and last heading tonight which is a new creation, a new creation. That describes every single individual Christian. To be a Christian, you have to have become a new creation. A new creation means the act of bringing something into existence that wasn't before. That's the creative work of God. It's a supernatural creative act. It's a wonderful thing. And uh, it's called, uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, the new creation. It's referring to the new birth, the gift of God being, giving someone a new creation. And it can never be taken away. It can never be taken away. In fact, you cannot take it away either. If God has changed our hearts, the old has gone and the new has come. And uh, the Bible teaches us from the mouth of Jesus that this 
happened in his own ministry because remember he spoke to uh, Nicodemus remember that and and Nicodemus came in the night time and and asked Jesus questions and what did Jesus say he said well well you're a teacher don't you know about these things and the Lord Jesus said this to Nicodemus he said unless a man is born again he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven unless a man is born again he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. How did Nicodemus respond? Did he say, ah, oh, of course, Jesus, I'm sorry. No, he, he didn't understand what Jesus was teaching. But it's not a new teaching as we've heard tonight from Ezekiel and elsewhere. And, and, and so Nicodemus responds naturally and says, do I have to go back into my mother's womb again? And Jesus said, no, he says, you must be born again. And so the question is for us tonight, have you been made born again? Have you been born from above? One of the people who's going through communicant membership classes uh, is only 14 years of age. His, his testimony, both to myself and his father, was this. He said, I can't explain all that happened, but what I know is that something came upon me and has given me a completely different outlook he said, I had no interest in the Bible before. He said, now, I can't put the Bible down. He has such a hunger for the word of God and for going to church and to hearing preaching. God has given him a whole new outlook and appetite. Now, sometimes we can be made new, but we can actually also backslide. We can actually go backwards. You can still be a Christian, but it's possible to backslide. And to be away from God. But if you be made born again, then the Lord will bring you back to himself. So is there anybody here tonight that you are, you're not where you used to be with the Lord. You've lost your appetite for the word of God. Going to church is just not a priority anymore. And maybe tonight you need to renew your uh, vows and commitment and allegiance to the Lord tonight and ask God to stir you up to forgive you of your sins of becoming lukewarm and asking the Lord God to make you new again and don't we need a recovery in the church of a sense of the awe of God through the gospel that we don't just take the preach and the gospel oh I've heard this before but the awe of the miracle of somebody being made new it's a supernatural gospel. Everything about our gospel is supernatural. When the Lord Jesus was at the empty tomb, angels, supernatural angels came and said to the women, Why, who are you looking for? Jesus is not here. He is risen. The resurrection is supernatural. The Bible that I hold tonight is a supernatural production from heaven. The virgin birth is supernatural. And every time the gospel is preached and someone comes to Christ, it's a wonderful supernatural act of God. So my closing question really is, do you stand in awe of the covenant Lord and his program for the gospel? So as we close tonight, the gospel is calling people to come to Christ and, and says, come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you've never come to the Lord tonight, then why don't you come to him?
If you've been living far from God, why don't you come back to the Lord tonight? But also there's a call for us to give thanks for the gospel, to be renewed in our evangelistic fervor. Do you still pray when you go to work on Monday, Lord, give me opportunities to tell someone about Jesus this week? Or do you think, I might get in trouble with the boss. Um, if I tell someone about Jesus at work, they're going to they're think I'm a religious nutcase. Well, why don't you put that all to one side and pray that the Lord would give you opportunities this week to spread the fragrance of Christ. You may not even be at work, but God can give you opportunities. Let's be filled with fresh thanksgiving tonight because we heard Psalm 100 and Japheth heard it and it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So let's be thankful before the Lord. And let's praise our God for the new creation. If we profess tonight that Jesus Christ is my Lord and that you are born again. Hallelujah. The old has passed away. The new has come. And you're going to be spending eternity in the new creation of the new heavens and the new earth. And finally, let's, let's exalt our Lord Jesus Christ tonight for his glorious resurrection.